This is KMTT. Today, on Mondays, we have a shear of Harav Yemen Tavori, who this year will be examining different responses, Shalotu Chuvot, from the major ones from the 18th and 19th century. Harav Tavori. In our Sidra of Shutim of the 18th and 19th century, we'll continue today with a sefer named Basamim Rosh. I'd like to remind people that I'm sending out this podcast the week of Purim, Tavshin Ayin Aleph. The sefer should be included in our Sidra of Svarim printed in the 18th and 19th centuries, Shutim of the 18th and 19th centuries, because the Sefer was printed in 1793. It was printed with a comment, with comments by the uh, person who brought it to print, Rav Shaul Berlin, and he added his commentary, Kisei Deharsana. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about this Rav Shaul Berlin before we get to the Sefer B'Samim Rosh. Rav Shaul Berlin was born in 1740 or so to a father who was the Rav of Berlin for many years. Rav Shaul studied with his father and apparently he studied not only Talmudic subjects but some secular wisdom as well. He was known as a great scholar. In fact, he received smicha at the age of 20. He became the, the Rav of the Kila of Frankfurt. Now, there are two Frankfurts. This is not Frankfurt on mine. But he became the Rav of the Kila of Frankfurt also as a young man. He had a penchant for writing Svarim anonymously. And he wrote a number of things that he printed without disclosing his name. In fact, in one of those pamphlets or books that he wrote, apparently his father saw the pamphlet, did not realize that it was his son, and attacked it. Only later on, when he found that it was his son, that he apparently changed his mind. Now, the Sefer that we are discussing, the Psalm Rosh, was written by Rav Shaul Berlin, but he claimed the Sefer, what basic Sefer, not his comments, the Kisei Deharsana, but the Sefer itself was written by the Rush. Now, if that would be true, this would not be included in our Sidra at all, much too early. Rav Shaul Berlin claimed that he found a manuscript of the Rush, or actually someone else had found the manuscript and given it to him, and he published it as, fa- as such. Very early on, there was a major, major debate about this Sefer. The Chassam Sofer called it, in one place, Kizvei Harosh. Instead of calling it Kizvei Harosh, he called it Kizvei Harosh. Kazav. Kol Adam Kozev. In some of the texts of the Chassam Sofer, they thought it might be a mistake in the print. In the, in the Chatam Sofer, the original printing of the Chatam Sofer, there are many, many mistakes in the print. And some people thought it should be really called Kisvei, 
the writings of the Rush instead of Kizve Harash. In fact, in my edition, it does say Kizve Harash that's found in Arachaim and Shuva Kufnon David. But we have a testimony from many people that it was written as Kizve Harash. And we do know other Chuvas of the Chassam Sefer where he talks about the forgery of this Sefer and we'll discuss that later. The Chassam Sefer definitely believes the Sefer was a forgery. One of the greatest Gaonim at that time was really, really adamantly opposed to this Sefer and said it was a fraud. It was a forgery. And that is Rab Mordechai Benet who wrote against the Sefer. In fact, he wrote a letter to the father of Rav Berlin and asked and told him, complained about the Sefer that was a forgery. His father did answer him and said that the manuscript was in fact a real manuscript and he defended his son Sefer. Much has been written about this book, whether it's really a forgery or not. Rav Ruven Magolios wrote a, an important article that appeared in Areshet many years ago, and he is definitely clear that this book is indeed a forgery. He points out to a few interesting facts. He says the name Bissamim Rosh, usually a sefer would be called Shut Rabenu Asher. Well, in some places, you do have Shut HaRashba, but he says, when you have the name Shut B'Samim Rosh, it could be that Barosh stands for Laharav Shaul. Maybe he's hinting at it, that he himself wrote these tshuvas. Rav Ruven Magolias also pointed out that in the introduction to the Sefer, it says, Sefer Sheilotu Tshuvot B'Samim Rosh, Misparam Shlosh Meyot V'Tishim B'Shnaim. There are 392 Tshuvas. He says, from the Rosh, and also from other Rishonim. Other Rishonim as well. When he wrote 392 Shutim, it's very unusual that a Sefer of Shutim in the introduction will tell how many Chuvas there are. Rabbi Ruve Magolias quotes people who suggest that Shlosh Miatishim Vishtaim is Shin Tzadi Bet, 392. And you could use those three letters, Shin Tzadi Bet, as Shaul Ben Tzvi. Shaul Rav Shaul Berlin, the son of Rav Tzvi Hirsch Berlin, might have hinted at his name in the very introduction. Recently, well, in my world, what I call recently, a Sefer was printed, the reprinting of the Sefer B'Samim Rosh, was printed by a person whom I had not heard of before, Rav Amar, not the one who's today the Chief Rav of the Svadi Chief Rav of Yerushalayim, of Eretz Yisrael, but the Ruven Ben Ladoni Avi Rab Moshe Amar. In this edition, he has all the chivas. Unfortunately, 
the printing of the tshuvas is still in a very uh, poor print, and they, they they did not reprint it in black letters. But they, he he reprint he reprinted the Besamim Rosh together with the notes of the Kesar the Harsana. He added to it a kuntris called Yafela Besamim of his own notes. This Rav Amar. His, his notes on the Besamim Rosh. He also has in the back Hagals of Rav Meir Simcha Kohen. Apparently, Rav Meir Simcha Kohen put his own notes when when his when he learned this sefer. He added notes to it, and these are printed in this sefer Besamim Rosh. Now, in the introduction to the sefer, Rav Amar discusses the pros and cons, the issues of the alleged forgery, he, Rav Amar, really believes that the Sefer is not a forgery, and he has an introduction where he tries to defend the integrity of the Sefer. Among other things, he said there were other Sefarim in the history of the world that were not accepted when they were first printed, and only later become well accepted, like the Rambam, himself was not originally accepted, as people thought it might be a little pretentious to write a book called Mishnah Torah. And others find he goes through to show it the, uh, that originally were not were not found to be acceptable. But later on, they became acceptable. The Rambam. Of course, there is a major difference. The Sefer that we're talking about, the question is whether it's a forgery or not. The Rambam, the question was, should we learn Rambam or should we not learn the Rambam? We knew it was the Rambam. The question is, was it pretentious what he did or was it to be accepted as the Yad Chazaka, as we call it, the Rambam? But here, the issue is whether the book itself is forgery, forged. The the Sefer that he published, Rav Amar, has, interestingly enough, two Haskamos. One Haskama is from Rabbi Yamin Zilber from Bnei Brak, who talks about the fact that he wrote a book, who was Mephalpel and everything else. He also mentions that Rav Amar was a Talmud of a Yisrael David Naivoner, who learned in the, he learned in the Kol of Yisrael David Naivoner. That was important to me because I was privileged that I had a close relationship with the Naivoner family, who I knew originally from Los Angeles and later on in Eretz Yisrael. Rav Amar is a Talmud of Rav Naivona. The other Askama in the Sefer printed by Rav Amar is Askama of Rav Avadya Yosef. Now, the Askama of Rav Avadya Yosef talks about the fact that uh, the fellow Rav Amar uh, printed a good Sefer, put a Se'arot, but then he does say, I think the book should be printed, the, this book is a book that should find its 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 way on the svarim on the svarim shrank shank the 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 the, the books the bookshelves of Tamari Chachamim. Why? And he says as follows: Despite all the criticism of this book, there are things that are good about it, and we should learn them. And he quotes his own, he cites his own shuva in Yabia Omer about this book. Now, that shuva is very interesting to see, of course, the Bekiyus 
of Rav Ovadia discussing the Sefer. The particular tshuva that he discussed there, I'll get to a little later. But, he quotes tons of sources, as is the derech of Rav Avad Yosef, that the, who quoted the book is a forgery. It's true that the Chida, who was a great admirer and friend of the father of Reb Shal Berlin, thought that he accepted his father's testimony, but he said, Yesh av me'id could it be possible that we would accept the testimony of a father and on his son? T- till today, we do not have tshuvos that were printed in the B'sam Rosh, found in manuscripts. Now let's remember how many manuscripts we've gone through since the Sefer was printed. How many Rishonim have been printed? And nobody found anything since then. And we also know that Rav Shal Berlin had written Svarim anonymously in the past. And of course, he quotes the Kizve Harosh of the Chassam Sofer. And he quotes other sources that the Rush says definitely the Sefer was forged. And he mentions that even if the Chassam Sofer had heard the testimony of the father of Shal Berlin, he would not have paid attention. He, Rav, Rav uh, Avadi Yosef quotes Rav Zevin as saying that it's known and clear the Psalm Rosh is not from the time of Rishonim. In the book Mu'adim Ba'alacha, he says clearly that people protested about the Sefer Psalm Rosh. They said it was a forgery written by Shaul Levin, who was friendly with the Maskilim of Berlin. And this has been found true. And you cannot learn anything because of the authority of the author. But, Mitzad HaAmur, you could discuss the text that it says. There, obviously, is a longer discussion and more critical work would have to be done in order to determine if, indeed, all the tshuvas are forged, are there tshuvas found in Rishonim, etc., etc. Today, we'll mention some of the tshuvas of the B'samim Rosh, but I will try to discuss tshuvas that were discussed by Achronim, quoted, quoting the B'samim Rosh, and to note the comments of Rav Amar on these individual tshuvas. In tshuva Shin Mem Hei, the, the, the B'samim Rosh discussed the situation of a person who was despondent and committed suicide. Can we have regular Avelus on this person? The Rambam says in Hilchas Avel that a person who committed suicide, there's no Avelus. In the answer of the B'samim Rosh, is it's true that that's the Rambam's disca- discussion, but in 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 truth we should not judge judge this person unfairly, because we have a, a source that Dovi, that Shaul committed suicide, but Shaul had a good reason to commit suicide because he was afraid that people would make fun of a king of Israel that he would be 
killed by non-Jews, it would be a chil Hashem. And therefore, that's not considered as terrible as a person who commits suicide. Therefore, in our case, where the person has a reason to commit suicide, but he has definitely, there's definitely no Easter in having Avelus for such a person. This tshuva was quoted many times. The Chassam Sofer has a tshuva about this in the section of Yeridea. And there, in Simen Shin Chavav in Yeridea, the Chassam Sofer says that a person who commits suicide we do not sit shiva for him. And he sa- he proves it. One of the proofs, among others, is from Hanina ben Trajan. When the fire was engulfing his body, he, it was suggested to him that he should swallow, open his mouth, let the fire go in in order to die quicker, and that way the pain would not be as great. And Hanina ben Trajan refused to do it because he wanted to make sure he would still have a share in Olam Abba. He thought that hastening your death would create a situation where you would lose your share in al even though he was undergoing unbelievable t- t- torture. And here the Chassam Sofer adds in parentheses, This is the proof of the forgery of the uh, Sefer of the B'Samim Rosh. Interestingly enough, the Reb Ruven Magolios in his article referred to this tshuva and said in the name of some Tamit Chacham that in a sense Rav Shaul Levine was talking about himself because the Gemara says gadol. a person who wants to die a death like Chanek should hang himself on a tall tree. In our case, Rav Shaul Levin Talabi Ilan Gadol, a play on words, Talabi Ilan Gadol, he hung himself on a big tree. In other words, he wrote Shuvos and said they were from the rush. Talabi Ilan Gadol, who said he said it's from the rush. So in a sense, Harotzele Chanek, a person who wants to commit to be killed. So in a sense, Harehu Ma'abedat Smoladat, the Rav Shaul Levine, in a sense, was Ma'abedat Moladat. And therefore, he wrote the tshuva that, nevertheless, you can have Avelis film. It's ironic that Rav Shaul Levine did die a tragic death. After the Sefer was uh, disputed, he left, he went to London, and he died fairly young uh, with, in an unhappy situation. His brother did become the chief Rav of London. But he, Rav Shaul Levine, apparently faded away in very despondent situation. And Rav Ruven Margolios ends his article by saying, What a tragedy, what a shame, when such a big Tamit Chacham that he went along with the winds of his time, the winds of the Haskalah at his time.
Another tshuva that I'd like to mention, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I meant to point out that Rav uh, Amar, of course, did discuss this tshuva, and he quotes a sefer called Karach Shal Romi, Tshuvas, who apparently supported the opinion of the Besamim Rosh, and in that sefer, he spoke very harshly against the Chassam Sofer. He said, the Chassam Sofer thought the tshuva was forged. He had no proofs to it. We know the B'Samim Rosh is a very early sefer. He was a much greater Tamit Chacham than we are. There is no source to show that this is a forgery. And Rav Amar, in his research, found other people that seem to have gone along with the opinion of the Chassam, so of the of the uh, Rosh. However, it should be noted that the the majority of people consider this tshuva as well as the others a forgery and rejected it based on their own ra'ayos. Another tshuva that I'd like to mention is tshuva shin ayin hey. In that tshuva. The question was asked about a certain person who was a respectable, honored person, but he was very weak, and he couldn't travel by foot. He was in a certain place on Shabbos, where the the carriages that were going from village to village, run by non-Jews, could pass by on Shabbos and take him. If he would have to wait, if he passed this form of transportation, it would have taken a long time to get to a place where people know him. He had no money, he had no nothing to do. The only thing he would have had to do was to ask for tzedakah. So the question was, would Kavod Habrios, the human dignity, permit him to go into this wagon, to the carriage on Shabbos, which obviously has in it an Easter, at least an Easter Drabana? And the answer quoted in the B'samim Rosh, there's no doubt that this is mutter. This is definitely considered Kavod Abriyos, and Kavod Abriyos is, ma- is matir, a shvus and Yisra Rabbanan, and therefore, no long discussion, I, there's, no dis- there's no suffix about it, it's clear that they're allowed to do it. It's about this tshuva that Yitzchak Verfel today known as Yitzchak Raphael, who was obviously a great leader of the Mizrahi movement, a member of Knesset, a Sar, but also a scholar who wrote, who dealt with the period of Rishonim. In the comments to the article that I mentioned before of Rav Ruven Margolios, Yitzchak Raphael pointed out that in his father-in-law's library, his father-in-law, of course, was Harav Yudah Leiba Koin Maimon, at that time, Rav Yudalei Bakoin Fishman. He was the founder of Mossad Rav Kook, the first Haradatot of Medinat Yisrael. Rav Maimon had in a very, very great library, some estimated as 50,000 Svarim. He had in his library a copy of the B'sam Rosh, which had gone through the hands of Rav Svir Shchayis, the Maras Shchayis, Rav Shlomo Kuger, and the son of Rav Shlomo Kuger. 
And it, eventually, this sefer, this particular copy, wound up in the house of Rav Maimon. And in the, in the in the sefer itself, in this particular copy, copy, there were a lot of notes on the side. Now, I don't know who wrote the notes, but it went through the house of Rav, of Rav Shlomo Kluger. It went through the Maratz Chayis. It says there in the in the Ara uh, in the notes. It says. I can't believe that the Rosh said such a thing. There's no doubt that this is Chil Shabbos. And he, they even caught a story about a person who went horseback riding, that they gave him skila. There is no reason to Shabbos to avoid the possibility that this person would not get a ride and have to take stuck. Again, Rav Amar discusses this tshuva. And says that this is the one of the tshuvas that really awakened the wrath of Rav Mordechai Benet. However, Rav Amar pointed out the Rav Chaim Falaji in his Sefer Ginzei Chaim does quote the tshuva it does say it's from the rush. Doesn't add anything. He, ju- he just added, you can't compare one shvus to another. Just because a, sh- a shvus in one place was, ma- was mutter for a certain reason, you can't be matir all shvusim for that same reason. That comment would not negate the entire concept that's found in the B'Samim in the Rosh. I don't know if Reb, what Reb Chaim Valaji himself thought about the Sefer B'Samim Rosh. The only thing I do know is that Rab Mordechai Benet used this tshuva as an, one of the examples that the Sefer is obviously forged, and I mentioned the copy of the Sefer and the house of Rav Maimon said they don't believe that the, that the Rosh ever said such a thing. Another tshuva that's interesting is about women davening Musaf. The B'samim Rosh in Simon Peitet, just a few lines, says women do not have to daven Masaf. Because the only reason we daven Masaf is because of Karbanos. A woman did not take place in Shkalim. She did not give the Shkalim. Therefore, she has no share in the carbon Sibur. And there's no reason that they're chayev to daven Masaf. However, the custom is that they do daven. Now that issue we've discussed before. Have women really accepted upon themselves various mitzvahs? Which mitzvahs have they accepted? Is there considered halachic validity in the fact that they accepted mitzvahs? I once quoted the Minchas saying that he doesn't know this whole concept of kiblu alayu. It's true the Magen Avram says women kiblu alayu, for example, Sfirasa uh, Omer. Um, I don't know if the concept of Kiblu Alayu is halachic, has halachic validity, and I don't, certainly don't know to which mitzvahs it applies. Here he mentions Chivu Esatzman Bechola Mitzvahs, an interesting statement. But the discussion of women being exempt from Karban Musaf has been a topic that has been elaborated upon by many Achronim. For example, Rebbe Kivager quoted this um, tshuva of the B'samim Rosh, and he apparently approved it, that women are indeed part of from Tefillah Samusafim. 
the this the tzlach has a little different reason. He says because it's a mitzvah say shazman grama, and there's no reason to say to uh, to um, to be mechayiv women in this particular mitzvah. Therefore, they're exempt. The shalomeshiv, the magen giborim. Many people have argued with this tshuva of the of Rebbe Kiva Eger, who quoted the B'samim Rosh. I'd like to point out that Rav Asher Weiss, in his Sefer on Shmos, in Parshas Kithisa, has a discussion about it. And he quotes the, the B'samim Rosh, and he said many people disagreed with him. He didn't quote the people who agreed, but he said many people disagreed with this tshuva, and he quotes the Shalom Meishiv, the Beis Yitzchak, the Be'er Yitzchak, the Amudayar. And in parentheses, he says, uh, we all know the history of this Sefer called B'Samim Rosh, the Maram Bennett that we quoted before, the Tshuva, the Chassam Sofer, etc., etc. And he asked a number of questions about the B'Samim Rosh. According to this, wouldn't you say that a Kohen should also be put there for Musaf? If it, since a Kohen didn't have to give Machsas HaShekel? According to Rabbi Yehuda, according to many people, you don't give Machsas HaShekel until you're 20. So would that be true that a person below the age of 20 is, is that after Davin Musaf? Now we know that Torah Tamima really quoted to such an opinion. Rav Hashavai thinks that's shocking. But the Torah Tamima does quote such an opinion. And he said, at least according to the to the B'samim Rosh, at least we should not allow a child below the age of 20 to Davin Musa for the Amud. Because, indeed, maybe he's part of him from Tefillah Samusafim and he can't be Motsi people. Again, Rav Amar has a long discussion about this. He quotes all the sources, many sources at least, that say that except this Psak of the B'samim Rosh, Rebbe Ki Veger, the Torah Tamima, and others. And he, of course, he mentions people that disagree with him. A whole pulmus has developed about this specific issue. I think that in many of the Svarim today that deal with the laws of, of women, they generally do say that women are exempt from Musaf. In the um, book that I just checked, Halichos Besa, it did mention an opinion that women are chayiv, and mentioned an opinion that women are pater. In the uh, Sefer, attributed to Rav Avad Yosef on uh, the laws of women, the uh, book says clearly and unequivocally that women are exempt from Musaf. However, they do say that women may may say Musaf if they so wish, but women are exempt from Musaf. We have not discussed some of the tshuvas of the B'Sam um, Rosh, which deal more with Ikare Ha'emuna and really issues that applied were discussed at that time with the maskilim of the uh, of the time. Those shuvos will leave to another time, but I find that in, in, indeed those shuvos are more problematic than some of the halachic shuvos that we quoted today. We'll leave to another time.